Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life. And welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life, the show where I force my friends to listen to more Morrissey. I am Chris Monroe. With me is Nikki. Uh, Nikki, tell everybody about yourself. Hi, I'm Nikki. I work with Chris. We've been friends for a few years. I'm a mom. I pretty much just live my life in Calgary. I'm pretty boring, but I got a pretty interesting personality. Yay! And uh, Nikki is here with me today, listening to The Smiths' 1986 album, The Queen is Dead. Obviously, we had to do The Smiths, and obviously, we had to do them early. Like all pasty indie kids of a certain age, The Smiths are probably one of the groups that more than any other shaped my taste in music and sense of what music ought to be. Not one month has gone by since I discovered them as a literal child, in which I haven't listened to at least one album by one member of this group at least once. The impact that they've had on me is staggering. It cannot be overstated. Morrissey is a personal hero. I will forgive his every questionable public utterance. He is an icon and in return has received my unconditional love. Johnny Marr is one of the greatest guitarists of his generation, and I will fight anyone who says differently. If every human being has one artist that acts as a fixed point around whom all other art revolves, for me, that artist is absolutely the Smiths, so no pressure. <laughs> All of their albums are near and dear to me, and every one of them will eventually be covered on here. But I picked The Queen is Dead for you because I think that this one, more than any of the others, captures this band at the height of their weird, occasionally maudlin, occasionally playful, hyper-literate powers. This was the moment where they gelled the best, where all of the pieces fit together the most seamlessly. They were already the Smiths, and you could argue that any of their albums was their masterpiece, but this is the one that gives you the most complete sense of what they were capable of in the best possible way. And that matters to a certain type of indie kid of a certain age, because without them, and without this record, indie rock would not go jangle, jangle, jangle in quite the way that it does. And having listened to this style of music as much as I have over the course of my lifetime, the importance of that cannot be overstated. So, Nikki, mm -hmm. you have now heard The Queen is Dead by The Smiths for the first time. Yes. What do you think? Well, if I may, one of the reasons why I was interested in The Smiths and Morrissey is for those public comments that he tends to make. I find him deliciously bitchy, you know? I love what he has to say. Maybe I don't necessarily agree with him on everything he has to say, but in general, just so he's so outspoken and his wit and his humor and his just biting remarks, I think he's a kind of an interesting guy. So that's kind of what I took into listening to the album. So it's sort of anticipating hearing little snipey remarks here and there. And what I was experiencing was a wide range of emotions. And some songs, like The Queen is Dead, I actually could sit down and visualize being in a pub, listening to these guys doing that little anthem. I can't remember what it is now, but at the very beginning, 
You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Take me back to dear old. Thank you. Yeah. So I even had to Google up Lydium. I didn't even understand what that was. But it was kind of cool. And I really liked the imagery that it gave. And then it kind of just went into this whole new direction in the song, which I wasn't expecting. And it was a really unique experience. So I really liked it. I do like to further go into songs. So if I listen to a song, I do generally like to go into the lyrics and look them up and kind of read them and kind of give me a better idea of what the artist is trying to portray. And I found that one thing with Morrissey is he is an exceptional poet. Like, his work is astounding. I loved the wry humor that he has in dispersing a few of his songs. And then I guess my favorite song was the third one, you know, it's just so intensely dark. I really, really liked that one. And it was had a totally different sound than his other music that I've heard from this CD. Yeah, yeah. This one, I think it was uh, Never Had No One Ever. Never Had No One Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was that one. So I like depressing music. I also had a pretty troubled childhood. So listening to depressing music gave me permission to be depressed. It gave me permission to be angry. You yeah, know? they were great for that. They are okay. tremendous music to sit alone in your room with headphones on in high school, too. Exactly. And you're right. Morrissey, as a public figure, is... Fascinating and occasionally terrible, but in a very fun way. Right. I, I like well, I like the dark, you know? So if someone's saying a really dark joke, yeah, I'm probably going to laugh a little bit at that. Yep. You know, I, I kind of, you know, life is dark. And I feel if you don't see humor in the dark, then it's very easy to be sucked into depression, you know? And I kind of felt like a lot of that album even kind of like had that kind of a theme to it as well, you know? And some of the songs that I heard there, like there was a few that stood out as like really depressing, almost suicidal songs, if you will. Like they were really sad, you know? Just about, just about. Like very few bands could put a song like frankly, Mr. Shankly, right? That about was a fun one. Rage quitting your job, right? <laughs> next to something as sweeping as I know it's over, and have everybody listening to it go, "Yep, that checks out. That is exactly what I expect from this group." <laughs> and they do, I think, capture that really effectively. And I mean, like you know me, hmm. that's in a nutshell basically what I'm about. Here is something unfathomably dark, and then I will turn it into a joke. I hope that you enjoy it, but if not, I'm not going to stop. That's probably why we get along so well. <laughs> I appreciate that with each other. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> Obviously, it's dark. Yes. Obviously, there is wit to it. Oh, yeah. One of the things that make or break people on the Smiths is, what do you think of Morrissey's singing voice? I mean, I think... In some songs, it was very, very haunting. I know that if I was just listening to the radio and I flipped something on, I probably would have passed it. This meeting here really made me actually want to listen to it completely enthralling and give it a real chance, you know? So I would say at first, the sound is a little off-putting. It's not quite my cup of tea. I know that they're your big fan. So yeah. like after listening to it and listening to the words, I felt that's when... I could hear the sorrow in his voice. I could hear this like smirk on him. I, I feel like once I read what he was saying, it was easier to listen to what he was saying. But I think that might just be as who I am as a person. That makes sense. Having it in front of you definitely helps. They are complex lyrics in places that require a lot of attention from you. Plus just the accent too. You know, That's some the case of the as words, well. That's yeah. the case as well. And then he was talking about someone in a tutu, and I could barely make out what he was saying, so I was actually reading it. You know, Vicar in a tutu. Oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
still not 100% sure what a vicar is, or if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, it's but... a vicar. It's a religious position. Oh, okay. In the Church of England. Okay, so that actually puts in a bigger smile on my face when I think about that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, here's a, it's a song about a cross-dressing priest. I loved it. For no reason. Well, uh, I don't know. I kind of got maybe he was... I, I, like he made so many jabs in that song about how the church wants your money and this guy just wants to be running around in his tutu all happy and carefree yeah. and I kind of felt like there was a contrast there where he was definitely saying a few churches because like he seems to hate the church he seems to hate the monarchy and he that would just, be safe you know. to say about this band yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a group with a strong monarchic sensibility no not with the queen is dead I'm pretty sure it's a <laughs> given <laughs> And yet, the queen lives on. Yeah, she does. Charles will be dead first. But. I feel like that's where that's heading. <laughs> I feel like at some point in the 90s, after one scandal or another, the queen just decided, I technically own a country. I'm just going to live forever. Right. <laughs> and then I will finish once there is an offspring so that he doesn't have to be king. So did you like the maudlin songs or did you like the funny ones? To be honest, I don't know what you mean by maudlin. The weepy, the darker ones. Um, yeah, no, I definitely um, like those. But I mean, all in all, like all the songs were good. There's no denying that. Some songs would be more likely to be on my playlist because I tend to listen to darker stuff. So the maudlin. Um, that makes sense. Say, those are the ones that I'd be like, you know what? Add to library. I like this. Yeah. The other ones... I would be more interested in if I was in a pub, you know, maybe enjoying a drink with you. Yeah, yeah. And it comes on the radio. That's a kind of, that's a time when I'd want to listen to the more happier songs, if you will. Those, if I'm listening to music by myself, I'm usually either wallowing or I'm fantasizing about being a gangster, you know, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 30s gangster or oh, it has 90s to be gangster? like 90s gangster for sure. I mean, like, I, <laughs> sure. I'm also from the 90s. I'm just saying, suit, suit, fedora, Tommy gun gangster? No. Perfectly good choice. <laughs> no, no, I, I, well, I don't know. I don't want to say what color I'd wear because, you know, I'm not going to start doing that out in public, but mm. I, I could picture myself being like that. This is just in my head when I'm listening to rap. Like, it's not like an everyday, you yeah. know, like, oh, hey, I want to be in a gang. No, it's just in my fantasies. I'm sitting back, sipping my gin and juice, and listening to tunes, running through Compton, right? Um, Solid. But, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Back to this band. I'm. I could see you doing very well in that life. You are very street. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so yeah, if I'm like I said, you know Dickens, you know we go there, or am I allowed to name drop that? Yeah, name okay. drop anything you want. All right, so like you know going there, his music is the kind of music I like to dance to. Yeah, you know. So and that makes sense. Dickens literally named their theme night after a Smiths song. That's awesome. Which one? Hang the DJ is a line from really? the song Panic. Which is obviously not appearing on this record. Yeah, no. I believe it was released as a one-off single in between albums, but I wouldn't swear to that. I have a collection, a couple of collections actually, of things that they released independently of their albums, in addition to their official ones. This, I feel like it's coming back a little bit as an aesthetic for releasing music. It was out of vogue for a good long time, but during the 80s and again today, groups would just release one song when one song was ready. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And then it would go on the radio or people would purchase it individually. And then they would randomly release collections of just stuff that didn't appear on their album hmm. when they had enough material that way. And that is a few of the groups that I follow on uh, Bandcamp 
are using the same model uh, now because you don't have to go to a physical place and buy an object to listen to music anymore. You can just download the three songs that they have ready the moment that they're ready and listen to them at your own pace. And it's it's interesting. It's an interesting way to consume art because you don't have to do it on a fixed schedule anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I keep waiting for Weird Al to do that because he quit his uh, record label. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his last album was his last one mm-hmm. because his music is so focused on, like with direct song parodies, uh, he could not get his music on the radio Oh, while the song parodies. he was parodying was still the biggest song in the world oh, okay. because he had to wait until he had an album worth of material, put it all together at once, and then release it on a record label's schedule, by which point the songs that he was making fun of were like a year old and people had mostly forgotten about them. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does for him, especially, because he really... He wants to come out when it's fresh. Yeah. You know, like that Speedo version of that, that's whatever that word is. Yeah, and he, like he does, if you really think about it, he's more of a YouTube personality he... than a recording artist. It's just that YouTube wasn't a thing when he started making music so that venue didn't exist. Is he on YouTube right now? I haven't actually looked him up for a while. You know, I'm not sure. I, I will have to look it up. I will put that in the uh, show notes when this eventually comes out. Hmm. I know he's been having a great time doing literally whatever gig he wants all of the time. He was on Comedy Bang Bang for a year and then promptly stopped. Hmm. Yeah, he's I'm... he's enjoying not being tied to a contract. Well, I would too. For the first time in like 30 years. I think that'd be the worst part about being a recording artist is having the contracts. Mm-hmm. And then also what you can and can't say. Yeah. Very much so. But, I mean, yeah, a certain amount of gatekeeping, I guess, is required to get you through gates right. that otherwise would not be available to you. Like the Dixie Chicks, they kind of just sort of show, like showcase that part. You know, they said something mean about George Bush, and then people are like, oh, let's burn their CDs. Yeah, that was oh. super weird. <laughs> that was super weird. I have to admit, <laughs> if I were asked which half of that divorce would retain custody of the Dixie Chicks, I would not have said liberals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Left wing, you get the Dixie Chicks. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like, cool, but are you sure? <laughs> but, I mean, politics gets... Uh, passionate. Passionate, yeah. Mom yeah. mentalities. Oh, oh man. Yeah, no, it's happening. kind of like it up north, not going to lie. Like, you know, we're not perfect. No, uh, it's that's actually a pretty all right living experience so far, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've been mostly chill, right? <laughs> <laughs> you really can't go wrong with a country that does not have actual Nazis, right? Trying and sometimes succeeding in winning office. Um, had something, lost it, <laughs> and this is um, true in art as well, and it's. I think not directly in the music of the Smiths, but there is certainly a political bent to the various members of the band. I know that Morrissey can always be counted on for a marginal quote on the events of the day. He's, uh, how can I put this? He nudges a couple of lines. Well, he does. <laughs> he does. 
He just reminds me of like that alcoholic uncle, uncle or aunt that just says really bad things because they're like a great aunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. great uncle. They've kind of been around. They're a little bitter, you know. Yeah. And you know they kind of hate the church. Yeah. If, if Yates <laughs> was your drunk uncle going off about immigration, yeah. And you're sitting there going, mm, I mean, you're saying it really well, but I can't believe you just went there. Yeah. I will say I'm actually pretty excited. Generally speaking, when politics happen and there's a lot of dispute and a lot of dysfunctionality just coming up around, I find that music takes a really interesting turn. You know, so I'm really excited about what the Trump era is going to do to our music. Like, I feel like we're going to have some really awesome. Right. I mean, out, right? it will very much not be worth it, but it is one of the upsides. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm always trying to look for the positive. Right. That's very and true. Not much we can do about Trump, but we can appreciate the music that will come from his era. That's fact. I have no doubt that we're going to get some very angry guitar bands starting in about a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I like angry guitar bands. That seems fine, just fine. I have a bunch of punk rock in my heart waiting to get out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it will come from uh, someplace that we do not expect it. I just hoping. Yeah. I am reasonably sure, I've talked about this on this show already, but I'm reasonably sure that in about... 10 years people looking back on 2017 are going to be able to say, oh, obviously, <laughs> this year was a transition between uh -huh. this and the next thing, and you could see all of the parts of it lining up and falling into place, but because I'm in the middle of it. Kind of sucks. I don't That's see the moment. I mean, there's, there's enough, well, I'm still a little heartbroken about Tom Petty, you know, like oh, that's pretty raw for me. That's and, rough. You know, like there's Chester and there's Chris Cornell, you know, like some of my real absolute favorites. And yeah. Like, like I said, like, I like listening to that kind of music when I was younger. I still do. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's great. you know, it's just like when you feel it passionately through every cell of your body, usually there's a lot of hormones going around and, you know, lots of angst going on and all teenagers tend to have a little bit of that angst side going on. But anyways, yeah, bringing it back, like, this year has just been kind of really sad. Like, yeah. I, you know, Hugh Hefner, whatever, he had a happy life. Like, we're almost sad for him I, that he died, you I know? I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like Hugh Hefner did fine. <laughs> but I just, I feel like there's a lot of losses. And I know that 2016, that was a bit of a loss for quite a few people. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the Bowie's year. Am I not? Um, was that the year before? Bowie passed, Prince passed. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that was uh, last year. So it was Just like, punch after punch. Right? So I don't know. Like, was that just a setup for what's going on this year? And then, like, here's hoping in 2018 let's see some really amazing new music let's see new music from old artists yeah. you know like let's see some love and heart yeah i think yeah and as far as is it 2016 i have terrible news oh no it's us oh i know we're, we're getting, getting older we're getting to the age I know. where I... our heroes from childhood <laughs> start like... dying that's just how time works like i remember when i was living with my grandmother she'd always be looking at the obituaries and she was always talking about death and all of her little you know, oh, this person died, and this person died, and this person died. And she'd be drinking her red wine and kind of crying a little bit. And now I'm like, I'm almost there, aren't I? I'm at that point. Like, I mean, I feel I don't like... I have wine yet. But, I've seen you with wine. Yeah, but not crying right now about death. And yeah, so. That's fair. She was like that a lot. So we talk, and that was be like, oh, hey, guess who died today? You know? Oh. And now this is what we're doing. That is, that is <laughs> not a good opening to a conversation. Hey, guess who died today? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm goth as hell, but you still shouldn't have that be your opener. Well, 
that's how we that's how we used to talk. Fair. <laughs> We'd bond over the deaths of everybody. Well, it's not. Uh, I guess not the worst. Right. I was at uh, I was at a show the day that Tom Petty passed. Oh. I was seeing new pornographers and born ruffians that night, and I almost didn't go because that day was kind of a huge downer. There was yeah an enormous mass shooting. Yeah, that's and rough. then an artist who was incredibly formative to me growing up passed away, and then let's. Go dance to some rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get that positive energy, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's difficult. But, I mean, like, I'm glad I went. It was that's good. Did good you time. find yourself getting into, like, yeah, this is actually fun? Or was it still kind of rough? I mean, it was rough, and the band found it rough, too. Like, they were yeah. obviously also kind of reeling. Oh, yeah. I guess that From how really the day suck. went? <laughs> So on this note, we're going to sing all of our saddest songs for you guys. To That's enjoy. 100%. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I'm glad I went. You share art with people yeah. during hard times. That's what art is for. And on related note, new pornographers are just really good, and they put on a great show. Okay. So, <laughs> the fact that I was a little bit bummed out and they were a little bit bummed out. It was still a good show. And push past it together and enjoy some... Canadian-made hipster nonsense from 2007, which is my non-80s era of music of choice. Hmm. Yeah. Things you learn. Yeah. So which of these, had you been familiar with any of the songs on The Queen is Dead previous to this? No. Like, really? No. Not even just like ambiently? You hadn't heard them at Dickens or any such thing? If I did, unfortunately, it's not a song that I remembered. Fair and enough. I feel like it's been a long time since I've been to that place anyway. Neat. But no, um, every song here I felt like was a new experience. I've heard his voice before. I'm sure I've heard other songs of his before. So I was familiar with the sound to expect. Um, I don't really know how to describe it, but just the way the music is, you know, written out and the lyrics and the way he sounds as a vocalist, you know, yeah. I kind of had an idea of what to expect. But no, I've never looked at the words before. I've never heard the words before. So no, it was all new. Oh, solid. Yeah, yeah right on. I'm glad. I'm glad you came to it with completely fresh eyes. If you had to guess, what was the radio song here? I feel like The Queen is Dead. One has the same title. But two, like, that's kind of a song that's stuck in my head right now, even, as we yeah, speak. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's the kind of song that would get in there. I think that's number one, I can really think. I'm just going to flip through my notes here. Do it. That's why you brought notes. That's why I brought notes. Big Mouth, I think, should be on the radio. Um, I think there's yeah. a longer title for it, but I really, really like that Big one. Big Mouth Strikes, again, was um, yeah. all over the radio. And then there was also, I think at the time. Oh, sorry, uh, there was a line from Cemetery Gate that I really enjoyed, and it was Dizzy Whore, and I think that's like my new favorite expression, um, you know, and I think that should be mainstream. That's like, pretty great. Yeah, right? So, I don't know, I really like that. And those are, I guess, the top three that I think would be radio-friendly. Solid. But. Yeah, yeah, and you're right about, you're right about Big Mouth. I get that opening guitar line stuck in my head, and it will just, like, loop back and forth. Yeah endlessly as I go about my day. Johnny Marr was a tremendous guitar player that way. Uh, everything that he played was really uh, singular. It was a really singular, unique sound uh, that nobody has been able to recreate since then. It was very unique. The yeah. entire band, it was a very unique sound. Like, I don't think anyone... I don't know. I don't think you can really mistake them very easily for another band. You know, even with the one song that I, that I mentioned, like, 
even did some research into it and it's like they said that they toned down the music a lot for it and that's one that stood out as my favorite like even though that's a different sound from a lot of their cd it still sounds like the smiths yeah you know yeah Which it I feels it really feels cool. like an old it feels like an old-timey drinking song almost the other one if you're drinking by yourself and like trying to like decide if you really want to or not yeah <laughs> no that's true yeah no i know it's over or there is a light that never goes out are both like just crushing yeah <laughs> like there is a there is a weight to them yeah definitely and it's just so raw no humor like he stripped it completely of humor you just kind of feel like hey this is the stuff inside me that kind of hurts yeah. and i don't really know how to say it so i'll just express it and then what his words can't convey i found that's when his voice had that haunting quality yeah it's you a know? very it's a very expressive voice and the two of them working together I mean, like the four of them working together, the rhythm section of the Smiths is excellent. But Morrissey's lyrics and the way that Johnny Marr can work a guitar really creates a lot of fascinating moments to draw you in, I've always found, that either of them separately don't quite manage to capture. Yeah. Although, like, I have all of Morrissey's solo material and have followed Johnny Marr from band to band to band since he quit this. He has this, he has this fascinating thing that he does mm -hmm. where he will show up to a band that he likes and then be their guitarist for a year. Hmm. So there's like a one the the record with Johnny Marr as the guitarist. Hmm. And there's one Modest Mouse record with Johnny Marr as the guitarist. And there's one Cribs record. That's weird. Yeah. And then he'll like, like he'll record the record and then he'll go on tour with them and then at the end of the album release cycle, he'll just uh, brush his hands off and, well, that was fun, guys. Good luck with all of your future endeavors. I am off to join a different band. I wish I could do that. Like, that'd be a lot of fun. Like, I guess I'd learn how to play guitar first, but... Well, that's the issue. Cool. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you need to be one of the most iconic artists of a decade right. uh, really? for people to just let you show up in their studio and do whatever you want. But that would be fun regardless. Yeah, it'd be a super good gig. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to manage your career in your second act. There's no fetters on him. I presume with the number of goth kids entering high school every year, Smith's material is still selling like crazy. Is goth still a thing? I feel like goth's still a thing. So I've never... I mean, I wonder we had the emo phase, and I kind of felt like that was the goth, but it was just a new name, and maybe I just didn't understand, because I never really, like, really got into the labels and, like, actually dissected them to see what made a goth a goth and an emo an emo, but do we still have a new, like, I, rise of younglings going gothy? I feel like goth is always a thing. Yeah, I love But it. it's, it's never beautiful. the main thing. No. It's always, like, the um, third youth subculture down the list. Did you consider emo goth? I saw some very similar, like, similarities between the two, you know? Yeah. Um, just, I kind of felt like goth was an era that was, like, contained to a specific timeline. And if you, I mean, not to say that you can't go out now dressing all gothy, but I just mean, like, if you were a goth then, you're a goth, or sorry, if you're a goth now, you were probably a goth then. You know, does that make I'll sense? I'll buy that. I'll buy know. that. And that the emo is kind of like an offshoot, if you will, of goth. Sure. Because you got like the darker colors. It just seems to be a lot more in tune with your emotion. Where I feel like goth was maybe not quite so vocal. I don't know. But again, 
I've never really been hanging out with a bunch of goths. So this yeah. is all based on what I'm seeing on Clueless. Well, that's on you. I keep inviting you to a goth. Night. I know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always considered it more of an aesthetic okay. than a style of music. Because, like, The Cure and Marilyn Manson could not sound more different from one another. Yeah. But they will get played at the same kind of club, and the people who dance to them will look relatively similar. Yeah. Well, I just want to just make it clear. I'm not talking about music, though. When I was yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like as a, as a, like scene, as a, as a scene in a subculture, Yeah. I feel like any time a noteworthy crowd of people get together and they're all dressed in black... See, that could be either emo or goth, though. Yeah. You know, but that's just from what I see looking yeah. in on it, you know? And if I'm wrong, by all means, like, put it on Chris's Twitter. What an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> emo kids who are angry that we're mischaracterizing you? <laughs> yell at me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'll put my Twitter on there if I can remember it. Solid. And you can send the real hate to where it belongs, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like I just stepped on some toes, that's all. Maybe it's, maybe it's just that I'm down the street from Dickens. Right. And there is a gaggle of goths on my block uh, every other Saturday. Because we, uh, we have the biggest electronic uh, industrial synth pop music festival in uh, Western Canada, I know. That's pretty cool. Less than a block from here every year. So it could just be that my neighborhood is more infested with goths. I like it. And it, it kind of skews my perception of whether goth is still <laughs> a thing or not. <laughs> well, down there, I see lots of them. So yeah, just a ton. Just <laughs> swarming, smoking long black cigarettes, <laughs> stretched out on graves with a rose between their teeth. Why don't I stretch out on graves with a rose between my teeth anymore? What happens to me? I got old. Yeah, now you need to like roll over and push yourself up gently from the ground. Right? So it's like, is it worth it anymore? Oh, man. <laughs> Human bodies, why do you always fail us? Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, this still gets, but it does still get played at nights. Like, there is a theme night at a club walking distance from here. Is it named Dickens? after a Smith song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Dickens does do a uh, Smith's night. Yeah. Still. 31 years after this piece of music came out. Morrissey, by the time people are listening to this, will have just released a new album of new material. Hmm. It's yes, coming out. excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. I uh, very nearly flew to Portland to see the opening night of his tour uh, before I realized how much it truly does cost to fly to a place right. in order to watch one show once and then fly home. Oh my god, it's staggeringly expensive. You cannot do this on a whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably could have done it, but it would have been the only thing that I do for the next year. Well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So instead, I'm going to see if I can time a UK trip next year. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Right? Then you get, like, more value. Like, I'm kind of, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of money... Try to get as much value out of that money as possible. Yeah, like, very much. A one-day trip? Like, eh. real talk, it's super on-brand for me to spend my 40th birthday at a punk show in Manchester. That seems very fitting. Mm, right? I'm worth it. Right. So we're going we're gonna to see if that can be shaken out. Because um, Morrissey hasn't announced his UK dates yet. He's only announced his American ones. And I know that The Cure is releasing a record. At about that time. So if you can like scare up three or four thousand dollars and want to come to a really great birthday party. 
I wish uh, mother. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you're human children, but they're not at the age where they'll die if you take your eyes off of them for a minute. No, I don't know. You haven't met my children. I apparently. have met your children. <laughs> your children are fascinating. I know. Right? <laughs> They are very sweet children, but ridiculously energetic. No, I like it. <laughs> I'm in favor of it because I'm not in charge Fair of preventing them from doing things. Right. <laughs> I'm more like show up at your house and then they do something crazy. Fantastic. <laughs> They're always so excited to see you too. Yay! Like, I think you're probably Cole's favorite person. Nice. All my friends. Sorry guys. But... Nice. <laughs> yeah, <be> good. <laughs> Cole, is, Cole is good people and it's nice to be liked. It'll be interesting one day when we get to actually play a Magic of the Gathering game again together. Oh yeah, we should do that. He has a magic there. He does. Thanks to you. Yeah, he should um, once we can get game night going again. Yeah. Like we have chairs. We do. You do. We bought them for this and for game nights, and then did not have a game night because I'm filling every single shift at work. Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, this promotion that we're doing is like absolutely exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's not great, but it's temporary. All things are temporary. It's been busy. Well, not I'll, lately. It's been dead. Yeah. And then I will get into the swing of National Novel Writing Month in uh, November, and then in December I will start having free time. We should do things. Definitely. Right? We'll put on Old Smith's records and we'll play a board game. Hmm. I have so many board games that I haven't even opened yet. That's awesome. I, think right? I see a few of them over there. Yeah, yeah, we have a whole shelf of them. That's awesome. Oh, you got Killer Bunnies. Good game. Oh, we got Killer Bunnies like crazy. We have the um, XKCD. No, not the XKCD. The Cyanide and Happiness board game. That's awesome. Yeah, right? I definitely um, play that game. The explosives one? Or is that something else I'm thinking of? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yep. I uh, I should start bringing it out to pubs. Why not? Yeah, because it feels like a good drinking game. And I definitely brought apples to apples. Do you have a sleep protectors? I don't, but I could get them probably <laughs> with relative ease. Right. I am at a gaming store constantly. Those are my two main things. Gaming stores, goth bars, sometimes karaoke. <laughs> I love the gaming stores. They're fun. Right? Well, you should start coming around Monday. I have to do karaoke at some point. I haven't, think I haven't gone this year yet. And I live really? right across the street from this, the karaoke bar. You should go to the karaoke <laughs> bar that's across the street from your house at the very minimum. I know. I'm just so tired. Bring it back to the old thing. Like, I'm just so exhausted. Yeah. No, my scans. Human bodies are made of meat and left out at room temperature. And then the exact thing that you expect would happen to meat that you leave out at room temperature that's happens so to us. <laughs> And that's not even going into our hideous lifestyle. <laughs> we won't go there. That'll take too long. Fair. <laughs> so what was your favorite song from this CD? From this one? Yeah. I want to say either. If I want to dance, it's probably Big Mouth Strikes Again. If I want to wander around downtown in a trench coat with headphones in when it's raining just a little bit, probably there is a light that never goes out. I... Um, absent-mindedly considering getting a tattoo of the song There Is A Light That Never Goes Out. Hmm. Where would you put it, do you uh, think? The back of my right calf. Oh, okay. I have looked at a couple of artists, and I think it would be fun to get a double-decker bus. <laughs> nice. Comma, heavenly way to die. Tattooed onto my flesh. I haven't found an artist yet, and it would take a lot more organization than I have done so far. But it is in the back of my mind as a thing to consider. 
So would you get like an actual image? Of yeah, 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 a picture of a double decker bus. That would be awesome. The pleasure, the privilege is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you have now that you have listened to this uh, record, yeah. uh, multiple times, and yeah, lots, read the lyrics and thought about it. Three questions, which I end this show with. Okay. We are finished with you listening to The Queen is Dead by The Smiths, but are you finished? Will you be listening to this uh, record more in the future going forward? Well, that's most definitely if I'm going with you to Dickens. And then also, there are a few songs that I have already added to my playlist, like I said. I like the dark and depressing ones, so they're on there. Uh, so they will be popping up when I do random. My Google Tunes count has probably favoritized now this album just because of how many times I listen to it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll probably be hearing it quite frequently when I do the random. Now, is the uh, is the Google accounts do they algorithm you as you listen to music? It seems like it. Like, yeah. you do a thumbs so, up, thumbs down. So now you're going to get a bunch of other music that all sounds like that's coming up just randomly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will, uh, like, it will, like, choose a tab. It'll be, like, music that suggests because you listen to this. Or you can even hit the Smiths radio um, or Morrissey radio. Nice. And it'll just play, like, not even just them. It'll be different artists that might sound similar or might be of interest, you know? Like That's fun. Yeah. No, I really love this Google Play. It's been yeah. really interesting. It feels useful. I might, uh, I might have to do a streaming service. I'm an old person. I'm still I'm still buying music for full price <laughs> like a chump. But because <laughs> I get a variety that I don't listen to on the radio. Because, I mean, we, we work at the same place. We hear the same songs so many times. I literally can't even handle radio. I don't like commercials. I don't like... It's. I just... I like... A nice streamless, more like a stream, seamless rather, uh, music listening experience, you know, without the commercials. And if I don't like a song, I can hit an arrow. But for the most part, I do, do try to listen to the new songs in its entirety. That makes a lot of sense. And the second question I think you've kind of already asked, I uh, answered. Will you be exploring uh, this artist further? Most definitely. I mean, I probably will look for him specifically. And see where he comes up, like when he's being all rude in a song or whatever. You know, like that's where I kind of get to draw my interest and I'll get to know each individual song first. That just piques my interest and see where it goes from there. So, you know, I don't know if I'll like everything, but at the very least, I'm really intrigued by this guy, what he has to say. You know, I really like his poetry. And it's really haunting. Yeah. I know I said that before, but that's kind of how this whole CD ran out. That makes, that makes excellent sense to me. Yeah, he's a weird sort of poet. Uh, and finally, if you could pick one song off of this album to play us out for the episode, what song would you choose? Well, I would like to listen to, I think it's a song I've mentioned a few times, but I still love it. The one that's I Know It's Over. I Know It's Over? Yeah. We're playing out on Is that. Is that right? Can we go that low or do you want to do something a bit more upper? No, we're playing out on I Know It's Over. All right, let's do it. Uh, you have made your call. This has been uh, the soundtrack to a life. Uh, with me has been Nikki. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast. Like us, review us, tell your friends about us. We will be back in two weeks where Nikki will make me listen to some Kendrick Lamar. I will talk to you then. Have a great day. Oh, mother, I can feel the soul falling over my head. And as I climb to an empty bed Oh well Enough said I know it's all